0: I lift up my eyes
1: Welcome to So Much More. I'm Jody Nisnik. And if you've been listening to this podcast for any time at all, you'll notice that that was a very different introduction to the podcast. And the reason is in the last podcast, we were meditating on Psalm 121, the words that were just sung over you. And today, our guest is Aaron Michelle. And Aaron is a gifted, faith-based songwriter, recording artist, and worship leader here in the Dallas area. And she wrote and produced that song for us based on Psalm 121 and the words that we are going to talk about and the words that hopefully you took some time to meditate on in the previous podcast. So I'm really excited to have Erin here. Welcome, Erin. It is just such a joy to have you on the podcast
2: today. Thank you, Jody. It is my pleasure to be here.
1: Well, I gave a very broad overview of you, but why don't you tell us a little bit
2: more about who you are? Sure. Um, Well, like you said, I am a performing singer-songwriter. I've been releasing um, albums and singles of my own music um, since about 2006, maybe, or a little before. You kind of grow into it. Um, and then I also teach at a Christian music college to teach songwriting and voice. I make demos. I write custom songs for people. I lead worship. I do retreats. Uh, you know, mu- mu- like, like most musicians, I do a little bit of everything, <laughs> become a jack of all trades. And then, um, my big job is I'm a mom of four. And so they're ages 11 to three. And so it's a really fun time of life just um, walking through this with them as they grow up and learn things and, and, um, get bigger. It's, it's, it's really, it's really fun. I love it.
1: Yeah. Those are great. That's a great phase of life, but very busy, (laughs) incredibly busy. They will definitely keep you hopping. Um, well, I, we, we talked about Psalm 121 and so I want to give us a quick reminder. So let me read those verses for us again. And this isn't the entire Psalm. It's some selected verses. So this is a reading from Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Okay, so we did this as a Lectio. And so Aaron, where did the Lord take you as you went through
2: this process on Psalm
1: 121?
2: So um, this was kind of a two-part experience for me Um, as it kind of goes along with my bio as as a musician and artist. And then also as a mother, I was drawn to two different parts of the psalm. Um, So at first I hooked on to the help word combined with the word maker, um, because I'm very passionate about creativity. And I thought it was so interesting. I'd never really thought about it before that um, he asked the question, uh, where does my help come from? And the, the way he talks about God, um, bringing the help is he's the maker of heaven and earth. And you just don't think about makers usually when you need help. You know, I thought it was interesting. He didn't say my help comes from the strongest, the, the most powerful being the smartest. It was no, he's the maker. And that's, and, and so for me, that was really special because I often feel like I can't help with real problems because my giftedness is that of being a creative. Mm. Um, I always joke with people like the only thing I'm good at is musical emergencies, like, <laughs> you know, for a wedding or something like, Oh my gosh, I need this song recorded right now. I'm like, that's the only thing I can help with great <laughs> medical problems. I can't cook food problems. No, I can't help with anything else but musical emergencies. So amazing. that, <laughs> that was really encouraging to me that our help comes from the maker, like mm. that makers really can help. And so yeah. I, I really appreciated that half of it. So I was kind of soaking in on that. Um, but then in my second, third and fourth times listening to the Psalm, I actually started um, honing in on the, no, he will not let your foot slip. And so then I started thinking, well, how, how is he not going to help my foot slip? And he doesn't say that he, um, solves all your problems or, yeah. you know, intervenes at every turn. He's, he watches over you. Mm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch you're coming and going. And so I thought that was really interesting that, um, that not let your foot slip combined with watching, watching, watching. And, um, so as a mother, and as a creative, um, I don't have a lot of obvious uh, markers for success, like clear, obvious markers for success. Uh, you know, there's no promotions, bonuses. Uh, you know, there's no ladder to climb as an indie musician. Like, I, um, I can't really even say targets for album sales or stuff like that because of the kind of niche music that I do. And um, so, it gave me a lot of comfort to know that. God is watching my steps. Mm. And um you know I, I I so 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 when you don't have that obvious path to the next thing or obvious path to success especially as a parent like I what what, what are there's no concrete goals really that you have to hold loosely just it gave me a lot of comfort to know that God is watching. He watches, he watches. He's he's there with me on that journey and so I don't have to fear failure. Um there's no thing to, to grasp where I'm going to fail. He's watching me and he's going with me every step of the way. So that, that was really comforting to Mm -hmm. me too. A lot of comfort in this passage. Yeah, (laughs)
1: there, there really is. I mean, it is this Psalm of assurance. Uh, It's, Mm -hmm. it's reminding us um, that we aren't alone, that God has us. Um, What you don't see um, or hear, because I took out verses four, five, and six. So three verses just to kind of tighten it up so we could kind of grab it all in our head. Um, But that phrase watches over is repeated Mm -hmm. four or five times. I'd have to go back in the NIV. It's five times, but I'm not sure that it's in that in the original language, but it it is, it's repeated. He's watching you. He's watching over, not watching. That sounds creepy. He's watching over (laughs) you. He's guarding and protecting and Um, and I just, I love where you went with that because I think all of us, I mean, maybe there are clear markers of knowing what success looks like for a lot of us, but I would say for most of us, that's not true. And even if those are clear markers because of a career or something like that, it's actually, that's not life. And so I think (laughs) knowing what does, what makes a, what makes our life the way God wants it well, knowing he's actually guiding us and he's watching over us um, is a really beautiful word. So I love that. He, he comforted you with that. Was there um, anything specific that you talked to him about? I mean, those were kind of broad things, you know, you're a maker and you're being watched over. Was there anything real specific? He invited you to, lay before him or entrust to him in a different way with those things.
2: Um, I think, yeah, there's that acknowledgement through the text that these are the, these are the things that God is to me, to us. When, when we have our hope in him, he is the helper, he is the maker, he is the watcher. So that was like the first step is I can have faith that he will be those things, um, In my life. And then I think the thing that I spent some time praying about and thinking about that he revealed to me is because he is those things. And as we grow in our journey with Christ, we're made more like him. Um, we should be trying to be made more like him is that I can model those things as a musician and as a mother, um, so, to be a maker that helps not just to make stuff that I think sounds cool, but to make stuff with people in mind to help them to help bring them encouragement to help bring them uh wisdom about the text to help um, bring them comfort uh, so so not just to be a maker but to be a maker who helps mm. um and then I think the 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 one that hit me even harder um was to be a watcher, um, as a mother, I I really think that that watching to help you keep your foot from slipping, uh, was really significant for me as a way to model, um, that love to my own children as a parent, to not try to solve their problems, to not try to mark out the path for them, but just to be present Mm with them, no matter if they have to travel through a valley or a hard, if they have to walk through a hard terrain, you know, it doesn't say God keeps us from slipping by lifting us up and <laughs> taking yeah. us to the easy path. Transporting us. Says. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He, but he's watching, he's watching, he's watching and he's there. And so I think, you know, that's, it's a delicate balance as a parent, like, You want to solve their problems, but you know, you can't Got to let them walk on their own. And on the flip side, you can't just check out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, absolutely. And I I think what, (laughs) one of the things that you're saying that really resonates with me as, as parents, or even just walking alongside any loved one who is going Mm. through a hard journey, we have to let God be the one that watches over them because we can't actually solve their problem. And if we try, (laughs) it's going to be very temporary it's Mm -hmm. not actually going to do the deep interior work that perhaps God is inviting them into. And Mm -hmm. so I just think that's, that's been one of the hardest parts for me as a parent, especially when my kids were younger, even now as young adults is trusting that God is going to show up for them just the same way he showed up for me. He's watching over them with the same care and tenderness that he's watched over me. That's who he is. And he proves himself faithful and their relationship with him becomes deeper and stronger when we step back, um, mm-hmm. and let God do the work that he can do and not, right. not, not truncate it. So, <laughs> yeah,
2: that's so good.
1: Yeah. Okay. So is there anything that surprised you? Um, I mean, you talked a little bit, I think already about some things that surprised you with the maker piece, um, but anything about the process of doing Lectio or even this passage that there's anything else that surprised you about it?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I just maybe more as a commentary about the whole process. Uh, I really have only been introduced to this process through, um, your work when I, I did one, um, through a Bible study And, um, I'm surprised every time, like, I shouldn't be surprised (laughs) that God would reveal himself through his word, but especially with this passage, it was so short. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, uh, okay. I'll listen to it, but I don't feel like I'm going to have anything to say. I don't, I don't think I'm going to find anything new. And it's amazing to me how, um, slowing down and focusing on those individual words and asking the spirit to speak to you through slowing down Mm -hmm. through those individual words is. There's always something there's always, (laughs)
1: there's, there's always something. It's funny that we get surprised by God every single time. (laughs) We're like, oh, well, we should know better the living and active word. He tells us that his word is living and active. He tells us the spirit indwells us. He tells us he's going to show up if we do, uh, when we read his word and when he does, I'm still stunned. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't think you'd show up. I don't know why i always think that i don't know why i default to that so yeah. i think that's that's true we we do get surprised by him and it's a beautiful surprise one of the things that i love and i wonder if this has been the case for you is that when the spirit speaks to me in such a personal way i will carry that with me mm. in a much deeper way through the weeks and months ahead and so i don't know when how long it's been since you got to do this process, but have you already heard, you know, those sacred echoes of being a maker and being comforted by that, knowing that he's watching over you and being comforted by that. Has that resonated with you in a deeper way now?
2: I think to be honest, like that's um one of my favorite books in the whole world is a book called Mind of the Maker. And it's by Dorothy Allsayers. Um it's just an excellent book for creatives. And so I think it wasn't a new word for me, but I could just feel like even with you not knowing that that's such a significant spiritual word for me. And that cropped up in the passage. It's just a way I feel like a small, tiny way. God's saying, I am watching you mm-hmm. like this. is This is significant. This is who I've created you to be. This is who I've equipped you to be is to be a maker and to encourage people in that way. Um, and to also to encourage people to make um, is, is why I enjoy teaching, um, and mentoring younger people who think that they can't write songs or think that they can't be creative, um, to just encourage them that, you know, you don't have to be a professional songwriter to write songs Mm -hmm. or to write poems or to express yourself creatively. God's given you that freedom and that giftedness to connect with him that way. So I always encourage people to, to try you know Yeah So
1: tell me about that process for you when did you first start creating songs yeah. Um uh
2: I, I was um I've always loved to sing um my dad was a started out as a music minister in a, a Southern Baptist church and just sang from the time I was small and was encouraged in that. And so, you know, when I was 10, 11, 12, I decided obviously God had destined me to be a famous Christian singer like <laughs> Jackie Velasquez. Like this was my destiny. Um, you know, it was all I man, I was twelve. So <laughs> right. um, we have but, our dreams. Uh, and that's good. Right. <laughs> and so it was a starting point. And so um when I was 15, um, my mom took me to a talent, a Christian, small Christian record label had a talent competition in Oklahoma city of all places, but we went to Oklahoma city and, um, I picked like the hardest CC Wynan song I could think of to sing, which was ridiculous, um, because gospel is not really like my, in my wheelhouse, but I was just trying to impress people, you know, at that point, um, I'm still like growing in maturity. Mm -hmm. And so I did not very good. I didn't place in the competition at all, but, um, so true to true to the saying you learn more from your failures than your successes. What I did do is experience the, the woman who won the competition sat down at the piano and accompanied herself and sang her own song that she wrote. And this was just mind blowing to me that she could play and sing at the same time and that she could write her own song. And that that was an acceptable, mm. just that even that that was an option. Like I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about that. And so from that point on, I just couldn't stop writing songs. Um, and the first hundred songs I wrote were just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe one or two are okay. Um, but it's a craft like anything else that you grow into over years um, of practice. And it's just it was that thing in me that that sparked that passion, that connection to God, that um, that pr- not not pur- purpose in a sense that I felt like I had been uniquely gifted to do this thing and I was good at it. And so um, ever since then, I've just been writing music and and, you know, it's it's writing songs and, um, performing and releasing songs is not really, uh, I tell people this often, it's not like a way to make an income solely. Uh, so, um, so I, I, I've got that freedom to be able to follow wherever God takes me. So I've written some pretty wacky stuff. Um, <laughs> but I, but I, I, I really enjoy that, um, aspect of it is that I'm not doing it to make a living. I'm just doing it to go wherever God takes me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really fun. Um, but it's, it's kind of hard pill to swallow for people who are like, I want to make a living as a songwriter. I'm like, mm. well, I'm not, I'm not trying to squelch your dreams, but it's really hard to make a full-time living. Too. Well, I
1: mean, yeah, that's, I think that's, any artist, it's really hard. I mean, we see the 0.001% of people, (laughs) right? Or I don't even know what the percentage is, but we see these people and they're making gazillions of dollars, but that's so incredibly rare. Um, And so I love I mean, yes, don't squelch the dream,
2: but also um, (laughs) some reality change, the dream changes. And I think as you grow into it, you realize that success as an independent artist is um, creating beautiful, meaningful things and connecting with people um, and doing what God's laid on your heart. Like, that's how I judge success. Is this the thing I'm supposed to be working on? And is it true and is it beautiful and is it good? And is you know, and that's, that's success to me. Uh, I don't really care about the numbers anymore. Did Um, that come
1: with age or did that come with like, how did you get to that place?
2: Uh, yeah. It, it, it age, spiritual growth. And um, and it's not me knocking anyone that does have a record deal or make a full-time living. It's just an acknowledgement that God's given each one of us a different path. And as a believer, we can't judge success in worldly terms. Yeah. We just can't. No. I will always be disappointed. Ugh. Um, Yes. I, <laughs> I looked up success once... Um, in the, I was like, I'm going to find a definition of success in the Bible. And I, I mean, I, I'm no um, Greek or Hebrew scholar, but the only word I could find that was like success was in the Old Testament. And the verse talked about how success is knowing the word and following it. And then you will have success. And I was like, okay, I could do that. <laughs> I mean I can try but <laughs> right I mean but that's what success is it's not taking over the world or making a lot of money or being influential and powerful it's knowing the word of god and following him and that's that's a successful yeah one.
1: I've I've always thought it'll be real interesting when we get to heaven <laughs> and we see what god really holds up as the life of godly quote unquote successful people like what is success for him. And I think it's, I think it's different for everybody because I think he creates us different and he puts different things in front of us and calls us to different things. So I think part of success is actually faithful obedience to whatever Mm -hmm. we're called to. So your Aaron successful life is different from Jody's and, and anyone else's as well, because we're all uniquely made and God asks, invites us to do different things with our lives. So um, but I do think it'll be really interesting. I think, I think we'll be surprised by what faithfulness and success looked like. Um, yeah.
2: Because- well, and you just, you just never know where God, um, will take what you have done and what you have made. Um, I know I had a, a sermon that, you know, there's just a few, for me, there's like a few sermons in my life that always stick with me. And one of the ones, um, uh, sat under a pastor who said, God you control the direction and God controls the distance. And that's just stuck with me for so long that all I have to do is keep my eyes focused on Jesus. Like I've got control of the direction. If I'm, if I'm keeping my focus in the right direction, then God's in control of the distance. He will take you or your work or whatever it is, how far or where it needs to go. And you can have faith that, that he's got that. (laughs) Um, And I, I was, uh, I get these little reports from streaming services like Spotify and Apple music um, about where my music is being played and stuff. And I got a notification, um, from Apple music that a song that I released six or seven years ago at this point had hit a hundred plays in Kenya. Oh, wow. And at first I was going to make like a joke about, Oh, a hundred plays. But then I thought, you know what? That means some person or some small group of people in Kenya is like being ministered to by this old song. And that just kind of, blew my mind. Like, God, Mm. you took that to a really place. I would not have thought it could have reached. And so that just comforts me. Like, yeah, uh, as an, as an indie artist um, who doesn't make a lot of money from streaming, I I would much rather have someone who's really touched by a song Mm. (laughs) and you know, like that's, that's really special. And so I'm just really thankful for.
1: Yeah. I love, I love that. There's two things that come to mind as you're saying that, because one is I have a a woman who is older and wiser and amazing. And she prays for me and I just adore her. One of the things that she prays is Lord, would you open doors that no man can close? And I feel like that's what's happened, right? Like the song is just lands in Kenya. Like how, how, what it would be so fascinating to go be like, so how did you find this? And, but you probably won't ever know. No, because God, God did it. However, he was going to do it. Um, and then the other thing is another friend of mine who's an author and was kind of speaking into me about all of that was just saying, you know, the Lord will make you recognizable to who needs to be your work, you know? Mm -hmm. So like recognizable in the sense that it will be where it needs to go. God will take it. That's the exact same thing that you were just saying that that pastor said he controls the distance. And we are called to keep our eyes on him and just to keep doing the long, slow work of following. And um, that's amazing. I love that your song is in Kenya. <laughs> well, Aaron, one of the things that I would love to know from you, because you you do a lot of work, obviously, that requires you to um, sit with God and, and spend a lot of time kind of knowing his word so that you can write songs that lead people into the truths of God. But what do you do in your daily rhythm to create space for God in your life? And what does that look like for you?
2: Mm, That's a good question. It's really, I've found it to be challenging with the kids, um, to find consistent time where I'm not so tired that I don't fall asleep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah. the big, one of the biggest, that I try to stay in, um, women's Bible study actually at the church is really meaningful to me because I'm a person that does well with deadlines. And so, um, signing up for something and paying the money to buy the book and like having a weekly appointment, um, with other people to keep me accountable has been really meaningful. And then I have a one-year Bible that I just chip away at and I just year round year by year. And so, I also try to do that at night before I go to bed so that my last thoughts of the night, I, I'm a, I'm a night owl. I am not a, I tried for a small period of time to be, I'm going to wake up in the morning, start with prayer. I just fell asleep. <laughs> so I, in my day reflecting on the word of God, hopefully that that will carry me over to the next day. And then, um, Yeah. And then women's Bible study. And the thing I feel like I'm trying to grow into more is just a life of consistent prayer and not just telling people I'll pray for them, but in the moment when I think of them or if I'm speaking to them, pray right then. And so I'm trying to cultivate a more consistent throughout the day. Prayer life um, Mm -hmm. has seemed to work better for me.
1: I really appreciate that you are a night owl because I think, (laughs) well, I think it's helpful because I think a lot of times people, We've been sold that the right way to spend time with Jesus is you get up in the morning and that's the very first thing you do. And that works for some people. It works for me, Mm -hmm. but it does not work for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a a propensity for us to start feeling like we're not doing what we're supposed to do if we don't do it the way that we've been told is the right right way to do it. And there isn't a right way to do it, which is why I think it's really important to have the conversation about How do you create time to spend with God? He's obviously incredibly important in your life. Like Mm -hmm. everything that you do is pouring out of your relationship with him. Um, and I think we all live in different rhythms. So I'm, I really appreciate that you're a night owl I that's great. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> if you text me past nine, you won't get a reply till 6 a.m. from me. But
2: <laughs> I am exactly the opposite. I tell people you can text me. It's if it, even if it's one in the morning, I'm still awake. So oh gosh. Wow. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> well, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. It has been a great delight to talk to you and to hear where the Lord led you in Psalm 121. I know people are going to want to listen to your music and find out a little bit more about you. So tell us where we can do that.
2: Sure thing. Um, So my name is spelled a little weird. So I'll spell it out. It's A R Y N Aaron, and then Michelle is normal. Um, Aaron, Michelle. And uh, my website's aaronmichelle.com. But um, I would love for people to find me on. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok—just search my name—and then also um, streaming platforms. If anyone out there, specifically uh, Spotify, if you follow me on there, I'm releasing. Um, so I'm releasing a whole album right now, but as singles, one song at a time. So um, I actually just released a Christmas song that's not part of the album, but I've still got four songs left from my concept album called Pariah. It's um, an album all every single song is based on a biblical person in the time of their life when they felt like an outcast. So my Moses song is coming out in January. And then I've got um, after that, my King David song from Psalm 63. And then um, a song about Jesus, obviously called Pariah that's coming out around um, Easter. So I would love people to follow me on Spotify or Apple music so they can find those songs as soon as they come out. So thanks for asking.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I will say, I really love the work you're doing in that pariah album. Um, you invited me to journey alongside you when you did the, um, when you released the song about Joseph Yeah, and I got to do just a brief little devotional for it. And oh my gosh, it's so good. Like you're (laughs) not only do the words communicate, but the music communicates, um, so much. So I really want to encourage you guys to to check it out because it is truly excellent. And I felt like it just brought me into the heart of the different characters because I did get to preview the whole thing, which was super fun. (laughs) So I can highly recommend that to you all. Although I don't think I even have to really recommend it to you because you got to hear how incredibly gifted she is as she sang us in to this podcast by helping us enter into Psalm 121 in a different way. And so I want to let her sing us out of this podcast as well and sing the Psalm of 121 over us one more time. So thank you for joining me and Erin on So Much More Today. And here's a little more from Erin now.
0: I lift up my eyes to the mountain where does my help come from my help comes from the lord the maker of heaven and earth i lift up my eyes